Macworld Podcast, number 29, February 22nd, 2006. Hey all you Mac heads out there, this is Saru Svaravarat, back again with the Macworld Podcast. I wanted to start things off today by uh, just talking about a couple new exciting developments that are coming up. Firstly, the brand new MacBook Pros just arrived in our lab today. We're going to be testing them out. We've got our own Jim Galbraith, who's our lab director. He's itching to get his hands on them. I just know it. And we're going to be having all of the benchmarks and tests and all of the results upcoming at Macworld.com. So be sure and stay tuned. Check back with us later in the week after we can get some of those results up to you. Also... All of the Macworld editors just got an announcement to a very special event that's coming up next week. Uh, It will be February the 28th down in Apple headquarters. Apple is going to be announcing a new product. We don't know what it is. We don't know what it's going to look like. We don't even know if it's going to be an iPod, a computer. No idea. We just got an invitation down to – it's a special event – down at Apple headquarters in Cupertino. So we're all going to head down there, and I'm going to capture some audio for you. Probably Steve Jobs will be there, so we'll have that all upcoming on a special edition of the Macworld podcast coming up next week. So be sure and be ready for that. Of course, there's been all this news lately of the Leap A virus uh, that you probably have heard of. We've been covering it, of course, uh, at Macworld.com and, of course, at MacCentral.com. It's a new sort of weird kind of virus that uh, operates through iChat. Uh, and if and it looks like some leaked photos, or it's you know disguised as some leaked photos for the new version of OS 10, OS 10 called 10.5 Leopard. But if you open it, then it disables some applications and it does some weird things. Um, but we'll we'll have all of that linked in the show notes, so you can catch all the details about that. Continuing in that theme uh, regarding the Leap A virus, I wanted to talk with our own editor. Rob Griffiths, who runs, of course, macOS10hints.com, and he will be helping us understand what exactly Leap A is, what it does, and how to protect yourself from it. So we're going to cut to an interview that I did with him right now. Rob Griffiths, thank you for being on the Macworld Podcast. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, So we're here to talk about this virus that was released last week, the Leap A virus. Give us the lowdown on it. Well, it's you know, the the first question is whether you actually would call it a virus or not. It sort of has aspects of a virus and aspects of a worm and aspects of just malware, and that it tries to kind of do bad things to your machine. So, it's uh, it it was sort of an eye opener, but it it's clearly not on the scale of a Windows virus that self propagates and self installs. The uh, the user still had to take a lot of action on their part, and they had to get the file in the first place, and then it couldn't transmit itself without further user interaction. Now, what does it do if you actually do contract it? Uh, there are actually two things that it does. The the first thing it does is it infects any Cocoa applications that are owned by your user uh, and actually breaks them and prevents them from running again. And what that infection is is another copy of the virus, which we'll call it for now, um, that is just ready to be installed again to infect additional Cocoa applications. The other thing it does is that it transmits a copy of itself to anybody you're iChatting with on your Bonjour network. So it won't go out to the, your internet list of iChat buddies, but it will go out across your Bonjour list if you're in a like a school or a college or something. So anyone on your local network? Yeah, assuming you have um, Bonjour iChat enabled in the first place. And then again, the, the user will see an incoming file transmission from you, and hopefully they would you know at least ask you what you're sending them before they blindly accept it 
expand it, and then double-click it. So it seems like this virus isn't really something that you know, people can just obtain passively just by taking sort of common sense measures it would seem like they could protect themselves. Yeah, by far the most important lesson here is to always be aware of what you're downloading. Um, you know, if, if you stick to the published sort of software update sites and re- read the comments from other users before you download, you'll probably be fine. Now, Mac OS X, since it, you know, first came out in 2001, it was one of the things that it was touted for is having very good security compared to other OS versions of Windows that have come out since then. Um, does this mean that you know OS X is now more vulnerable than it once was? I don't think so. I mean, like I said, the sort of the biggest difference is this is this is a piece of malware which, essentially, if you can write something and trick somebody into running it, you can get that program to do whatever you want it to do. You're running a piece of code, uh, and obviously, a program can do anything that the programmer wants to make the program do. If I make my code ask for your administrative password, for instance, I could have that password transmitted out across the Internet to a database of passwords I collect. And you would never know it unless you were running some sort of sniffer to see what's happening on your network. In other words, you're trusting the programmer that the program they've written is a safe and useful program and won't do malicious acts. So people have been able to write malware for every operating system, and that will always be true. That the big difference is on the Windows side with the viruses and the worms is that they would take advantage of the way Windows was built to propagate themselves automatically and silently and install themselves on other users' machines so that millions and millions of people were infected simply because one person became infected. Now, if somebody happens to inadvertently contract this virus, as, as we're calling it, what, what should they do to get rid of it? Well, there's there's really a couple of things we we detailed them on the Macworld website, but you uh, there's a couple of folders that you would need to delete, and then you would have to reinstall any of your Cocoa applications that had broken. And the only thing that makes it a little trickier is each time you try to run an application that has been broken, it will try to infect additional applications. So as you're trying to figure out which applications you need to replace, you can't run any of the ones that are broken. Otherwise, you'll be back at ground zero and have to delete the other folders again. But is there any kind of, I mean, would you recommend that people get certain virus, uh, antivirus software or anything like that? Or It's my understanding that with each of the packages that are out there, they will all detect this virus but I don't believe any of them will actually do the removal steps. So you would have to do those on your own anyway. Have there been any number of people who've contracted it in the wild, people who haven't, you know, like installed it in a controlled environment? Um, short of, there, there was one forum site that I was reading that I think Ambrosia had referenced at one point in their thread, and there were some people there that had installed it, but they did it as a direct result of somebody posting it and saying, hey, try this. So they they were social engineered into testing it for the the author, who who we believe was the original author of the the malware. Uh, but beyond that, I haven't had anybody. I haven't heard of anybody who's come down with this. Uh huh. What about some of the older? I mean, obviously because OS ten is a variant on BSD. What about some of the older Unix viruses? Do do people need to be concerned with those? Uh, that's actually beyond my skill area. I'm not a virus expert by any stretch, but you know, OS 10's been out here for five years, and we haven't yet seen any of those old Unix viruses break out. So I think that the implication there would be that the uh, the system is relatively safe. I think one of the differences is that a lot of Unix users tend to log in as root, and on the OS 10 system, we log in as administrators, which is a step below root. Is also the fact that OS X just has a, has a lower install base or a smaller install base than, say, something like Windows, doesn't that make it a, 
not as big of a target? Well, yeah, it's, it's clearly got a smaller installed base, and it's had less public visibility. And, and as a as a uh, author of, of, of one of these things, one of your goals is obviously to spread your infection as, to as many machines as you can, and there's a much larger population of Windows machines. But there are inherent differences with at least, in the past, the way OS X did user rights versus the way Windows does, and that you you know, you know would have to provide your administrative password, which would hopefully be a tip-off that something bad was happening if you weren't expecting to be typing it. And on the Windows side in the past, uh, anything could install itself in the background, and you'd never even know it. Right. Uh, aren't there some sort of differences as to how... How Windows and Mac OS X uh, compare in terms of installing programs? As it's my understanding that Windows leaves certain ports open by default, and as you said, doesn't require an administrator password when you're installing something to the system. Yeah, that, that's my my understanding of it as well. The uh, the only thing I've heard that Service Pack Two um, fixed some of those holes, but I don't know personal personal experience. I'm not sure. Uh, and then the other big difference on Windows, obviously, is that all of their their Programs can inter- interact so much so that you can have a virus you picked up in Outlook that sends itself out automatically to everybody else in your address book, and then on their end, it's automatically downloaded and installed. I mean, so there, there are just some there, there's some aspect of the structure of the way the programs communicate with each other that make it much easier to propagate on Windows. With all that said, as OS X increases in popularity, I clearly expect we'll see more attacks. At, at least of this nature, which I would quantify as malware, uh, I'm still waiting, and I'm sure at some point we will see the first true virus for OS X. I mean, I, it's a big, complicated system, and I would think that there is probably a hole there somewhere that someone will figure out. So, you know, going forward, antivirus software will certainly have a role to play on our platform. But it sounds like for now, though, that it, that not very much has changed, and that people should continue to operate by sort of common sense principles when it comes to attachments and those things. Yeah, and I think the scariest news actually wasn't about Leap A, but it was the one that was just uh, publicized today with this exploit in Safari, where if you have um, the default in Safari is to have this uh, auto-expand safe downloaded files. And if that's enabled, um, a scripter can write a Unix script by making one slight change in how they structure the script. When that compressed Unix script is downloaded, it will actually execute as soon as it expands. And as a user, you would never see it happening until it actually was running because Safari was going to auto-download it, auto-expand it, and then this trick makes it actually run. So if you're a Safari user, I highly recommend turning off the auto-expand downloaded, uh, or, um, I think it's auto-expand downloaded archive files or something like that. It's in the general section of preferences. Um, because the you combine that with what people can do with HTML, you could actually, when you hit a website, it could actually sort of start this download all by itself, which would then expand by itself and then run by itself. So if you consider that, uh, they could actually use this to wrap this Leap A program in that kind of a wrapper. So you just visit some website that you think is innocent, and in the background, this thing would download and, st- and then run and be installed on your machine. And we'll have we'll have uh, instructions on the show notes for for the listeners. Um, uh, but uh, actually, I'm a Firefox user myself, so that doesn't doesn't really affect me. I wonder if there's going to be a big migration over to Firefox. Yeah, I don't know. I'm uh, I've been. Uh, Primarily, I've been a Firefox user. I know I, uh, Camino 1.0 came out last week, and I've actually been testing that. Been very, very pleased with its performance, and it also doesn't suffer the same problem. All right, well, Rob, we appreciate you taking the time to speak with us, and uh, you know, keep up the good work and keep us posted with uh, all the latest stuff. And Rob Griffiths, of course, is is, is the head of uh, macOS10hints.com.
Thank you, Sarus. Have a good day. Well, that about wraps up our show for February 22nd, show number 29. can't believe we've done 29 shows already. It's pretty amazing. Um, just wanted to thank again Jason Snell for doing the shows uh, from Mexico on the cruise ship and Mac Mania. Also, I just wanted to uh, read a little bit from uh, the mailbag. I got an email from a listener named Rune Anderson. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly. Keep up the good work, and I'm looking forward to new shows and great Mac themes. Best wishes from Rune Anderson, Mac World Podcast listener. I'd like to, because nobody seems to be writing me, I want you to write me and tell me what you like about the show, what you don't like. Um, so I'm going to be giving away some, uh, we've got a whole box load of playlist iPod cases for the third generation iPod. So if you need a case, write me a letter. If, I'll re- if I read it on the show, I will send you a case. It's that simple. Um, doesn't have to be anything complex. Just tell me what you like about the show. Tell me what you'd like to hear on the show, and I will send you an iPod case. You can email me, uh, cfaravar at macworld.com. Make sure to include how to pronounce your name, where you're writing from, and, of course, your email address. Again, we have some upcoming news uh, later on next week. We'll be sure we'll have the all the benchmarks and the tests from the new MacBook Pro that we just got in our lab coming up later this week, and of course the Apple special event next week. Signing off from San Francisco, this is Saru Swaravar for the MacWorld Podcast.